The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, in January of this year, The Dial magazine launched with each month focusing on a different climate issue. July's focus is rivers and the Seine River in Paris and its likelihood of flooding is uh, featured in that particular edition. I've been reading it and I'm joined by the author, editor-in-chief of The Dial magazine, Madeleine Schwartz. Madeleine, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thank you. It's an honour to be here. Now, it's, it's very interesting reading about Paris. Uh, first of all, it is a, a, a city on the surface which is very, very beautiful, but it's a very complex city below. Indeed. Um, and that is one of the reasons that it's been so interesting to look into the Seine and um, the flooding projections that many scientists are talking about. You know, when you visit Paris, your eye is constantly brought up towards the Eiffel Tower, towards the beautiful spires, the churches, but actually a lot of the action is happening underneath one's feet. Uh, Paris is at the, um, the confluence of several rivers, and in addition to that, lies on a vast water table, which means that the surface underneath is very, very wet. Um, This means that if there is to be a flood, which is what is projected to happen with the Seine, there could be quite a lot of damage done to the city um, all around it. Now, underneath the city, there is a honeycomb of tunnels for various purposes. Uh, Indeed. Um, So as the city is very built up, it's one of the densest metropolitan areas in the world. This means that there are hundreds of kilometers of metro tunnels, of conduits for uh, telephone lines, uh, catacombs even, uh, which means that the surface uh, underneath the city might be a little bit less solid than we might expect and look much more like a sort of a French Swiss cheese, uh, were, would it were. And, um, and more and more tunnels have been and other holes have been dug as the city has expanded its transportation network, for example. Now, one of the issues then, if this water table is penetrated in some way, water can uh, really leak throughout the city through the network of tunnels and can lead to what some experts are predicting would be catastrophic flooding. Indeed. And um, so this there is a projection of uh, what is known as a 100-year flood, which is a bit of a misnomer. It means that it could happen... There's a 1% chance of it occurring every year, but the last time it happened was about 100 years ago in 1910 uh, when the city, when the water rose over eight meters and the photographs from that time are absolutely astonishing. You see people uh, crossing the street in boats, parliamentarians trying to go to their jobs uh, in little dinghies wearing, wearing their top hats, uh, but also really quite frightening devastation. 150,000 people evacuated in the city, difficulties um, getting, uh, you know, getting food to the city and and were it to happen again, the flood would be much, much worse. And instead of 150,000 people, well over a million people might have to be evacuated. Back in those days, 100 years ago, um, some horses which had been used for transportation and who had been retired had to be unretired uh, to provide transport. Indeed, and I think that just goes to show how devastating this and uh, surprising and f- 
and and frightening this kind of event could be. One interesting um, thing reading about this flood a hundred years ago, and there's a very good book about it in English called Paris Underwater, which I, I would recommend, is that Paris at the turn of the century really was a city of um, immense achievement and a very modern city, um, one with electricity, with a pneumatic system that uh, meant that the city's clocks uh, were all set at the same time. And as soon as the water came, all of that stopped. And so the city went backwards almost, uh, for example, taking these horses out of retirement in order to um, to be able to transport people and goods. Now, you'd imagine in today's world that there would be preparations for this kind of uh, flooding. Uh, I was reading yesterday about the plan to uh, allow swimming once again in the River Seine because they've cleaned it up so much. Uh, Time was when a lot of raw sewage uh, went into the river, particularly at times of excessive rain, and they have water treatment plants but they've built a massive reservoir under the city to take excess storm and sewage water in the event of, uh, you know, major uh, flooding potential. Would that solve the problem for Paris or does the problem still exist? Well, I think Paris, like many major cities, is really rethinking the relationship with the nature that uh, that surrounds it and is under it and, and goes through it in the case of the Seine and the current mayor of Paris has really been um, very focused on bringing, in many ways, green life back to the city, especially in preparation for the Olympics, which will occur next year, and in which, at which point, you know, all eyes of the world will be on the city. The problem with this 100-year flood um, is that it, in many ways, will may defy any expectations, and it's also very hard to model in part because of this water table that we we discussed. And so having the sewage system, uh, you know, be able to take over certain amounts of water is, of course, a huge, a huge achievement for the city. But there are also a lot, a, a number of unknowns about how the city, um, what the city may look like in the event of such a flood. Mm. Now, the, the Louvre has had preparations for this kind of thing, evacuating uh, valuable works of art that might be housed in a basement, which would inevitably flood. Yes. So in 2019, um, the Louvre went uh, underwent a very large-scale moving project, and they moved about 100,000 artworks that were in storage underneath the building uh, to a town called Lévin, which is north of, about two hours north of the city. And um, it was known as the largest... Uh, movement of of artworks from Paris since uh, the 30s when Paris was preparing uh, for for the German occupation. Uh, At the same time, there is still risk to the museum itself in the event of a flood. And when I talked to people at the Louvre, they told me that they have been undergoing staff exercises to figure out what will happen if the water is to reach is to reach the museum and other museums um, have been doing the same. Yeah. And and meanwhile, there are certain elements of the Paris infrastructure where training is ongoing in the RATP and in the metro. Staff will be trained to try and keep the water at bay. Indeed. Um, I was lucky to attend a a training session of the RATP, which runs all of the Paris's uh, trains and, and buses, and they have been very proactive in preparing 
uh, for this flood, in large part because much of their critical infrastructure is underground, as one might imagine for a subway system. Um, so I, I attended, as part of the reporting, a day-long training um, with with workers, um, they now say that they've trained about 700 of them uh, to do things like protect critical infrastructure by building up walls of uh, sealed cement blocks. And they've really been thinking through what this flood might look like. Part of the day-long training that I went to also talked about the food that people would be able to, to eat while they were working, because obviously um, they won't be able to go home, possibly, if the transportation networks are flooded. Well, it's very dramatic stuff. And as you say, it's uh, based on the predictions of a one in 100 year flood, which means there's a 1% chance of it happening every single year. Madeleine Schwartz, who's editor in chief of The Dial online magazine. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.